your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Tuesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom. If you want to get in here, good time to do that first half of the hour because in the second half of the hour, we're going to make a big, huge announcement. Not we. Somebody else is going to make an announcement. Um, I, I'm going to try to not let the cat out of the bag, but I'm pretty excited for this. And uh, so stay tuned about bottom half of the hour. I'm going to have a guest on. And uh, you, you might have heard about this. In fact, Brad Williams broke this story a couple months ago. A month ago, maybe, in a parks board meeting. But um, now it's official, and you stay tuned, I guess. That's the, the ultimate tease uh, <laughs> that I can give. I was So the, the news, uh, the, the top of the hour news got, got me curious uh, when the World World Health Organization, who, you know, um, says don't use sugar substitutes for weight loss. And I haven't I haven't dived into this story at all. I kind of wanted to look at it quick. Um, so I may, might do that for during the first news break to just kind of understand. Because a lot of times when I hear don't use fake sugar because it won't help you lose weight. And then a lot of the times... And I don't know what the story is. Yeah, I haven't read it. But the, a lot of times that the, the idea is that if you use fake sugar in your head, you're like, ah, I didn't take any calories by, you know, drinking a diet soda. Therefore, I can eat extra over here and I won't have to worry about it because the diet soda didn't. Um, that's one way of thinking about it. I think there's other ways where it tricks your body into thinking you actually are ingesting sugar and then therefore your body starts fighting it. But uh, like I said, haven't looked into it. And next week, we're having a nutritionist on, I believe, on uh, Wednesday from Gunderson. Uh, we've had her on before. Uh, Laurel Burkell, I believe, if I remember that right. Uh, she's going to come back with us, uh, hang out in studio, talk about some of this stuff. So that story comes out. And, hey, nutritionist coming on next week. Perfect timing. Um, I'm going to get into the Lacrosse County board agenda. I did text Monica Cruz to see if she wanted to come on. I, I did this literally in at the top of the hour. Hey, Monica, I'm looking at the the, the county board agenda for Thursday because the county board's Thursday meeting or monthly meeting is this Thursday. Uh, a couple of big things on there, so we'll take a look at that. Um, some of the stories coming out on the wire today. One of them was kind of funny. Um, where is it? I have too many tabs open. The Republicans in the Joint Finance Committee announced big raises, big raises for public defenders and prosecutors. I think we've uh, those groups have been asking for raises for a long time. Uh, currently, starting pay for an assistant district attorney and a public and public defenders twenty seven bucks an hour, fifty seven thousand dollars a year. That's I don't think that's very much. I think if you uh, if you're a good worker at a at a big like corporate company even if you're you're just at the bottom of the totem pole i think you you can get pretty close to 27 dollars an hour after a couple of years um but yeah fifty-seven thousand dollars a year that's the current salary so the republicans in the joint finance committee announced today that they're going to boost that pay from 27 dollars an hour to 36 dollars an hour or about seventy-five thousand dollars a year so if i do that math it's about uh what fifty-seven to seventy-five thousand dollars a year raise there um it's funny because this is a big announcement they made. Well, Governor Tony Evers had this in his budget in February. The raise wasn't that much. The Republicans offering public defenders more money. How much more money? One dollar more an hour. <laughs> so 
Like, instead of just adopting what the governor proposed in his budget, we got to give it, a, and that's fine, give it a little boost, but they had to do a big press conference, make this big announcement. Going to do this? I don't know if they had a press conference, actually. I'm looking at the picture now. It's, uh, well, you know what? They might have, actually. Mark Bourne with the the, the co-chair uh, of the Joint Finance Committee. There, there was a picture, and then there wasn't. So I had to use an old picture, but... Um, so yeah, make this big announcement that they're going to give these raises, but they're the same raises that the governor proposed in his budget. So, um, why not just say, Hey, governor's budget looks good in terms of this. We can agree. We can just agree on this thing. Can't we? (laughs) Oh man. It's just uh, a little bit crazy. I should have uh, district attorney Tim Grinke on to talk about that as, as I've been bugging him about a couple of different things. And if I bug him about enough things, then I just say, dude, you just want to come on and, and talk about some of this stuff. But I don't think he's going to disagree that the people that work under him or for him or with him uh, getting a, ba- a pay raise from $57,000 a year to somewhere in the 70s, 73 to $75,000, depending on which plan you want to take. If you want to take Governor Tony Evers' plan, which which these people wouldn't, they would want the Republicans plan because it's a dollar more an hour. Uh, 608-785-7914. Okay, the the county board meets Thursday too. So I'm, I just have the the agenda. I don't have I, I didn't deep dive on a lot of this stuff. You can't actually deep dive on all, on all this stuff, but um there's a couple of things on there. They they want to bring the create a new committee. I don't think it'll be as contentious as the, you know, like citizens police policing board committee that they're trying to think about trying to form a committee to think about forming a committee. Um, but there's they're they're trying to form a broadband committee, as Governor Tony Evers was in town again yesterday. I joke with Mayor Mitch uh, last week, Monday, that Governor Tony Evers must love it here because he's always here. And here he was. This, is, this has got to be the fourth time in like two and a half weeks that Governor Tony Evers has been in La Crosse. So he was here yesterday talking about broadband. I think he's touring the state, kind of promoting the idea that Everybody needs access to the internet and, and affordable access at that. We could do the same for healthcare, I think. Let's do that. Let's go around the state and say everybody needs not just access to healthcare, but affordable healthcare. Um, there's also a resolution. Brad Williams and I talked about this, I think, a couple of days ago. Just the, the town of Campbell uh, wanting about $500,000 to do additional research into um, long-term solutions to not be on bottled water which I think they've been on bottled water for two, two and a half years, somewhere around there. Um, and then there's another one to use uh, American Rescue Plan Act funding for trades training. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. If you want to get in here, shoot me a text, give me a call. We could do that until the bottom of the hour. And then at the bottom of the hour, we're going to make a pretty, pretty exciting announcement. Not we. I keep saying we're, but I par- I'm doing the interview. But there's a cool announcement happening. Should affect lacrosse in a good way. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to the Cross Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line if you want to get in here. I sent my mom a, a mar- Facebook Marketplace post for a f- 1976 Ford Ranchero for sale in the area. She replied, no, <laughs> triple, triple O's, triple exclamation points. At one point in my life, Growing up, I believe my dad had four 
Rancheros. Three were the same year, and then one was kind of cool. One was a 1976, in fact. That's funny that I No, it was a 72. Uh, so I guess we're not going to get another Ranchero. We don't have any anymore, just for the record. But at one point in my life, we had four Rancheros. If you don't know what a Ford Ranchero is, it's a it's the Ford version of a Chevy El Camino. Essentially a truck car. A trar is what I like to call it when I was growing up. Uh, 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. I have too many tabs open. I try. I have AP tabs, WIZM news tabs, and then my show log tabs. And then I am actually just working out of notebook because it pops up easier. Notepad, Microsoft Notepad. You ever use that? It's just like the most basic form of... Um, so the, I, w- I wanted to talk about the county board but uh, agenda a little bit. It's coming up Thursday, so you actually have a day... More than a day to think about this, right? If you wanted to attend this meeting or give input to it, but uh, you know, and sometimes you know, when it gets to the county board's monthly meeting, this stuff's kind of already decided. But it's interesting to talk about. Um, I talked about broadband a little bit. They want to form a broadband committee. As Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers was here yesterday, talking about broadband access. We, we, this is the easiest thing for, I believe, politicians to talk about. We need everyone to get. I think healthcare might be the easiest one, uh, but but broadband's broadband's a little bit more relatable because not everybody has to go to the doctor all the time, but everybody has to have the internet all the time. Almost seem seemingly. Sadly, sadly, you kind of do right. You kind of need internet for everything now, except to eat. But even then, you gotta you gotta have something to look at while you're eating or take pictures of and send to social media. Um, but yeah, so they're gonna they're gonna try to form, or it looks like they may be just voting on the ability to form a broadband committee. They're gonna become part of the broadband forward community, twenty twenty three. I think that's a that's a group that's that's uh, you know just to be part of this. Uh, participate in a public service commission of Wisconsin's broadband equity access and deployment local planning grant program. So uh, yeah, that that looks uh, like something that we. Should need city of lacrosse, not so much, but everywhere outside of lacrosse, like how is your broadband access? I'm pretty good in rural Minnesota, just outside of, um, just outside, I guess, Hoka or Houston. Uh, I, I think I only can get one form of internet though, but that group has been pretty good since I've lived in that area for I think 12 years now and my internet's never gone up the 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 speed has always gone up but the price has never gone up or I haven't looked at the bill in a while because it just auto pays Uh, another thing the county board is going to do is use some of that American Rescue Plan Act money the county got 22.9 million dollars to kind of help battle COVID in a way to kind of come out of COVID I guess I don't know how you want to how, how you want to exactly put that, but American Rescue Plan Act funding, $22.9 million. And one of the, they, the, the county back, we talked about this a lot. The, the county set eight priorities and kind of divvied up that 20, I'll just say $23 million into eight. And we're going to do this, 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 this eight times, right? And one of those, uh, according to the board agenda, one of the eight priorities was skilled trades training. So as we come out of a pandemic and quote unquote, nobody wants to work. Well, nobody is getting into the trade. So how do we do that? How do we promote that? How do we get, uh, you know, what young people or people that are just, I don't know what to do with my life. How do we get them into the trades? So they're going to allocate, it looks like $2.45 million for that. The county asked community partners 
you know, hey, we don't actually have a skilled trades training program. We're a county, just we're the county. We don't have that. So does anyone want to come with a proposal? And it looks like the Boys and Girls Club came back with a proposal. Um, I should pull that up. I could read it. It's it's one of those like agenda items. So it's it's not always the funnest to read. Um, and I have 40 tabs open. Boys and Girls Club of, of Club of Greater Lacrosse presented a proposal to one provide space for training, coaching, and transportation. Two collaborate with organizations such as the school districts, technical colleges, the construction sector, and labor unions to educate young people on skilled trades career paths that lead to pr- productive and well-paid jobs. Three. Create a local program that works to promote and increase enrollment in existing skilled trades programs and support local industry for at least 10 years. So Boys and Girls Club came with that proposal. And if you go to the next whereas line on the agenda item here, community partners, including the city of La Crosse, the school, uh, the school district of La Crosse, Cooley Cap, Quick Trip, and the La Crosse Builders Association have indicated support for this model through letters of support. So I think the model is what the Boys and Girls Club proposed there. So that's another thing that the county board will be looking at. And, I, yeah, I don't know. That doesn't seem too controversial. We don't have to create a skilled, tra- skilled trades training committee, though, I guess. we got to do a broadband committee, but we don't have to do I, – I kind of I, – I don't know a ton about the broadband committee. It's just like we're going to get involved. I feel like we just got to figure out who can't get broadband and and – how, how do we do that? How do we get companies that provide the internet to, you know, get them the internet affordably? That's a, that's a big endeavor on, on counties. I remember somebody telling me that it was going to cost somewhere like 15, 17 million dollars, uh, to get broadband out to rural, uh, people in La Crosse County. And it was only like a hundred people. These are very rough numbers from something that I was told months ago. But, you know, if it's, if 100 people in rural La Crosse County, rural is a funny name to say, rural La Crosse, La Crosse County don't have internet or don't have access to affordable internet or good internet, right? Like, you need, you can't use the AOL. Like, you can't use that. Um, and 100 people don't have access to that, but it's going to cost $17 million to, to whatever to get them access. Then that's, you know, that's that's not the greatest plan either. So how do you... Where's the middle? Where's the balance between those two things? So um, I didn't deep dive into my CNN story that I pulled up here. CNN's the only one that I can pull up that doesn't throw me to uh, you got to disable your ads blocker. Uh, the, w- the, the WHO saying um, you can't replace f- sugar, non-sugar sweeteners, like what aspartame, stuff like that, um, and, and expect to lose weight. But next week on Wednesday, Laura Burkle with Gunderson's going to, I shot her a text. I go, here's the article. Remember, we got to talk about this next week. So um, that's something we're going to talk about. Uh, <clears throat> moving on. All right. So if you want to, if you want to shoot me a text to, like I said, 608-785-7914 is the text line. And we're going to make a huge announcement at the bottom half of the hour. And I keep saying we, but uh, I'm going to bring a guest on and they, he is going to make a huge announcement. I'm very excited for this, and I'm trying not to try not to talk about it without letting the cat out of the bag. I saw. I wanted. I just wanted to to th- run through a couple of stories that I saw before we go to to the bottom of the hour and get to this this news. Um, oh, where is it? I think Minnesota is moving to uh, medical mar- or, uh, legalizing marijuana. That's a story on the wire right now. 
Negotiators finalized details of bill to legalize recreational marijuana in Minnesota. House and Senate negotiators wrapped up work today on the details of a bill to legalize it for adults in Minnesota, setting the stage for final votes in the closing days of the legislative session. So Minnesota's part-time state legislature has done about 60 things. Now, it's probably like 15 things that I can think of. Uh, free school lunch program. Um, help, there's uh, a paid family leave. There's a whole bunch of them that I don't have the list in front of me. But mer- legalizing mer- uh, recreational marijuana is one of them. Part-time state legislature. Meanwhile, our, our Wisconsin full-time state legislature still working on that budget and I don't know, not passing like, like groundbreaking things, not even groundbreaking, but like statewide things that are going to really like help people statewide. Uh, Wisconsin's full-time state legislature, only a couple more months to work because they take the last seven months of next year off. They don't meet in session, <laughs> but uh, that was one of the, one of the stories I saw. Um, another one on wisdomnews.com lacrosse is Oktoberfest. This one's kind of funny because Oktoberfest uh, a website called Visit USA Parks. So this group called Visit USA Parks went around and, and ranked the Oktoberfests across the U.S. I don't know how you do this. This seems like a study that you would have to do for for years and years. And how drunk would you have to get at each one of these? How much beer and cheese and, and bratwurst would you have to eat? And what else? What, what else are you eating at Oktoberfest? Corn, beef, right? Is that an Oktoberfest thing? I'm not a big Oktoberfester, but... Um, so, so they, they, they ranked a top seven. I don't know why it's seven. Why didn't you go 10 or five? But they went seven. I guess they, they, they felt there were seven cities in the U.S. that just, you know what, we don't, we don't have 10, but we have more than five, and we can't leave the other two off the list. Uh, but lacrosse is on this ranking, and I don't know if, if – if, I don't know exactly that criteria, but it kind of – to me, it seemed like it wasn't just like these – just pick the biggest – cities and they have the best Oktoberfest because they're the most people show up because they're the biggest cities. It seemed like it was more along the lines of like hidden gems. And, and so this website, yeah, this is what they wrote in terms of ranking these top seven, the best Oktoberfest in the U S lead visitors to destinations. They maybe wouldn't otherwise consider visiting. However, each of these places is worthy of exploration. No matter the time of year, Grab your lederhosen and dirndl and get ready to celebrate Oktoberfest in America. So Oktoberfest USA, which is what lacrosse's Oktoberfest is called, came up number three in those rankings. And uh, the Oktoberfest president, Patty Barra, she wasn't, I don't know, she was excited about that, but she was like, no, we're number one. <laughs> like, Come back. You come back this year. We're going to be number one if you, uh, you want to experience these Oktoberfests. Uh, and then she talked about some of the economic impact that Oktoberfest does and other things like scholarships and, and stuff for student and youth sports programs. So Oktoberfest USA here in La Crosse doing more than just getting you uh, a good party and, and tapping the keg, right? Like doing uh, doing a couple other things that, that we don't actually see every day. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. On the phone with me now is Dick Raditz Jr. He is the one of the co-founders of the Northwoods Baseball League that we're all familiar with, with the Lacrosse Loggers here in town. Uh, how, how are you doing, Dick? Great, great, great to be with you. And we have we have kind of a giant announcement. I'm I'm super excited about this, and I I I see like this kind of happening in different areas of sports. 
Uh, but you want to make, I'll just let you do it. Do you want to make a big announcement with, with what the Northwoods League is doing? Sure. We're, we're starting the, uh, in, in 2024, in the summer of 2024, we'll be starting the first for-profit women's summer collegiate softball league. All right. So, so uh, big day. Yeah. Okay. So the first, the first one, this has never happened before, like it doesn't exist right now, huh? No, there's not. There's nothing out there that we we know of that's ever been for profit. You know that in, in when we started the Northwoods Baseball League, there had never been a for profit summer collegiate baseball league either. Um, so so we came along and we really changed the landscape of baseball at all levels. Um, and you know now thirty years ago, you know the the major league draft was fifty rounds, then it went to forty, and now it's twenty. Um, a lot of that in, in the minor leagues, of course, a couple of years ago, shrunk by 20%. A lot of that is due to the arrival of the Northwoods Baseball League and the influence we had over baseball at that level um, from a de- developmental perspective because Major League Baseball has always been jealous of college basketball and college football because the colleges developed their players for them. So we came along and have caused this upheaval of baseball at this level of play and it results in, in free development for the major league team. Um, so we, we've really changed the landscape of baseball over the last 30 years. So We hope to do the same with softball. All right, so the Northwoods League has been around. You, you guys founded it in, 30 years ago. And, okay, so how is it different than, okay, so colleges have baseball teams. So how is, how is the summer league different? Why would, why would Major League Baseball... Are you saying like Major League Baseball was upset about this? No, they they've always you know historically they were up they well, they've always been somewhat upset that um, I shouldn't say upset but they're jealous of of football and, and basketball because the colleges develop their players for them where where in baseball they always had to have minor leagues and pay for them you know to get guys to get to the major league okay you know, obviously yeah. football and basketball don't have that. Right. I, okay. I guess that makes sense because there's a minor league system. Although, like the NBA now has like the G League and right, the G League, uh, yeah. And yeah. and football, I think if you if you had a minor league system, all those guys would be dead by the time not dead, but they would be very injured right. by the time they get to the NFL. It take it takes longer to develop in baseball, right? It just takes a little bit longer. No to question. Get... Oh yeah, quite a bit. It, I mean, historically, it's a it's a game and uh, of repetition, and you know the different situations that you encounter in baseball, and it's it, you get better by playing, you know, loads and loads of games. My um, a full season minor league schedule is over 140 games. All so, right. and of course, the big league season is 162. So, yeah, it's a lot of play. All right, and we're bearing we're bearing the lead here as as we announce the softball, and then we talk about baseball. But what what why the endeavor to to try to launch a you know I guess a collegiate it, it's for college players players with college eligibility. Uh, would you call it? How would you how would you describe the league? Yeah, I'd describe it as a as a summer league, um, the summer developmental league for uh, women softball players that are in college. Um, and actually, I, your your owner of the lacrosse loggers, Dan Kapanky, was the one who came to me with the idea uh, last summer, and I, I thought to myself, God, that's a great idea. You know, because we have a lot of teams in the league now that have uh, AstroTurf fields and AstroTurf infields, including lacrosse. And, I, you know, you think to yourself, well, somebody must have thought of this. Why is nobody doing this? And 
obviously historically across our nation, you know, there was there was a time in, in American history where damn near every city in the country had a minor league baseball team. But they didn't have a minor league softball team. Consequently, there were no facilities for softball to be played. So uh, the way I look at it is people may have thought of this idea, but they didn't have the means to do it because there were because there was no f- facilities available. Well, the Northwoods League has enough now that, you know, with AstroTurf fields and such, that we can accommodate this sport. So ever since Dan brought that to me, we've been pursuing it. I, yeah, I would say uh, between baseball and softball, Dick, if I was going to watch one, I'd rather watch a softball game. I, <laughs> I, I loved covering softball much better than baseball, but that, eh, might, the games might have been a little bit shorter. But, um, yeah, it's just kind of funny, I guess, like, I, I mean, the only kind of softball type of in this realm is you, if you think about the movie, a league of their own, right? Like there's this, uh, like when, when, when there was a, what a baseball strike or something like that, I guess I don't even remember yeah, the history yeah. of that. Um, and back in the day. And, and I think actually that was baseball. Yeah. And I think those right. women were actually playing baseball. You're, you're right. not softball. Exactly. Right. You're put, they were playing baseball. Uh, yeah. So there's this huge gap here. We see this all, uh, we see this in the U S anyway. Um, if you want to talk about the, the, the NBA, uh, WNBA players go overseas to play basketball um, and, and volleyball, there's all kinds of pro leagues overseas. And, and this isn't a pro league, obviously, but this is kind of a developmental league. Um, can you? Can, okay, so I, I'm, from what I understand, do we know how many teams there's going to be, or is that kind of way up in the air yet? Yeah, it's, it's kind of way up in the air. So, you know, I'd venture a guess that in our inaugural season of 2024, we'll have five to eight teams somewhere in there. If It, it could be more. Um, we, we have, I can tell you, we have a lot of lines in the water talking to different municipalities and different colleges and, but it's, it's, um, it's like anything. It, it's the hardest part. We'll be getting it started. So once we, once we go through our first season and get it started, it, we, we expect it will really take off. And I, I truthfully expect, uh, you know, in my lifetime, it will grow to be larger than the Northwoods league baseball, um, which is now the largest organized baseball league in the country. How many how many Northwood leagues te- uh, Northwoods leagues teams are there? Twenty four. Twenty four. Twenty four this summer. How, yeah. do, you, do you remember how many you had when you started? Five. You had five. You started okay. with five. Yeah. Uh, did, was there ever a time in those thirty years? You know, early on in the Northwoods league, you're like, "Well, this isn't. I mean, we might, this might not work." Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, the the first three to five years, there were a lot of sleepless nights, not knowing if this was going to you know, financially be successful. Um, and I think it's like any business. It, it, You know, you may have the greatest uh, idea in the world, but it takes execution and, you know, a, a lot of luck and some things to fall into place. And now it's 30 years later, here we are, and it's gone beyond our wildest dreams. Now, if you look at the, like, the, the, the question that's just sitting in the back of my mind the whole time, and now I'm going to forget all these players, there's two pitchers that play for the loggers that are that are pretty good still, like best pitchers in the league. You probably about four years ago they were the two. I think they both started the All Star games. Um, yeah, it's consecutive years they started against each other. Chris Sale and, and Max and Scherzer. Scherzer. Yeah, both lacrosse logger players. Um, and and we could look at that and go, wow, look at the loggers that have come through the the system to go on to play in the majors. So the only you know, and, and there's other things with the softball league that I want to get into. But where do softball players go? Where you go? You know what this this woman played for the loggers, and now she's playing. I don't, you know the only thing I can think of is for Team USA. But is there a, is there something beyond that for softball players that I just don't know? Yeah, it, there's not much. 
very truthfully. There's not much out there. You do have the Olympic team, as you mentioned, Team USA. Um, and there's an Athletes uh, United team that plays out of the Chicagoland area. And they have a league there that's quote-unquote professional. Um, you know, very truthfully, I, I don't know how this is all going to play out, but I think the beginning of this Northwood softball will spawn other professional leagues. Um, you know, you, I could see this catching on and developing in Dallas, San Antonio, Houston, you know, other big cities where um, venture capitalists get into this and, um, you know, our players will have something to aspire to beyond just becoming better college players. We're speaking with Dick Raditz. I keep wanting to call you Jerry Raditz. Do you know Jerry Raditz? I know you're not related. I do. Because <laughs> covering sports yeah. at Winona, Jerry Raditz, uh, uh, you know, he's got a work. He always shows the World Series ring with the Cincinnati Reds, but out of Winona. But you guys aren't even, you don't spell your names la- the, the same. So, uh, anyway. But, just, you, but you know something funny? I believe we're related. Oh, um, really? And I learned this at a family reunion uh, a couple of years ago that there were two brothers that came over from Germany. One went to Michigan, one went to Wisconsin. And, um, one either dropped a D or added a D to the name, but they were brothers. Oh, that's all the Wisconsin Raditzes are two D's, and the Michigan ones are one D. <laughs> that's so funny. So Jerry Raditz is a—he's—he's he's sort of a scout. I—I I would imagine he's retired by now, but he was a—he was yeah. a scout for for the Reds for a while, and he bounced around. I think he was also a scout for the Rockets. I think when he was—I yeah. think he was a Houston he was NBA and MLB. Yeah, yeah. great guy. Spent yeah. a lot of time with him in the early years. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, so the, the thing with the launching the softball, and I'll say we're speaking with Dick Raditz Jr., the, one of the co-founders, uh, the co- a co-founder of the Northwoods Baseball League. Uh, the loggers are, are obviously part of that. Um, w- when it comes to the softball league, you know, just how is it going to be? How, what what do women have to do to get involved to get to get to become part of this team? Is it is it going to be a, a tough process to make a team, so to speak? Yeah, well, they'll go to, uh, we'll probably have college coaches that will coach these teams, up and coming college coaches. And I would imagine they'll do most of the recruiting of the team. Um, and since there's very little, um, play in the summer for the college athlete now, we, we expect that the level of talent to be, um, exceptional. This, these, you should be seeing many Olympians and, um, I, I just, I'm really excited about uh, the possibility of, of the talent level that we may have in this league because there's there's just not any competition out there right now for us. Yeah, there's not really a, a summer league for, for women to kind of show off their skills. And then, okay, so I'm trying to think of the scope of this because I'm, I'm very local right now. I'm thinking, like, the loggers are going to have a softball team and then, like, women from around here would probably migrate to play there. But that's not how the lacrosse loggers are made up at all. We have Division One players from, in, you know, two and three – Baseball players from all over the place. So, uh, you know, are you just are you doing media <laughs> rounds all over the nation right now, Dick? <laughs> yes, exactly right. There'll, there'll probably be players from coast to coast coming into lacrosse. Uh, you know, you'll see players from UCLA and Oklahoma, Texas, Florida, LSU coming from all over the country to play in lacrosse. And I, I won't be, I won't pretend to be like a softball, a college softball aficionado, but I did watch some of the college World Series last year. I can't and and, and I want to say it was Alabama or one of them teams just had like the greatest player in the history of college softball playing last year. Um, how much of softball are you watching, and how much have you seen the sport just grow and grow over the last I don't know maybe five ten years because it is it is pretty popular now. 
Yeah, more and more. And people, I, I don't know that the, the general uh, population knows this, but in last year, uh, or the most recent Olympics, the, the softball outdrew from viewership on TV the baseball. And in the College World Series for men was outdrawn by the College World Series for softball um, last year. And I'm guessing it will happen again this year. Um, Oklahoma has the, the star had the star last year. I believe she graduated, but Oklahoma is going to be tough to beat again. I think they're they're number one in the country. And yeah, I said Alabama. Say it's a, yeah, it's a very watchable sport. Yeah, I said Alabama. It was Oklahoma. That's that's a shame. You're a year late, Dick, of being able to get this woman, and I don't know her name off the top of my head, but uh, <laughs> to get her in the league because I think that even like a player like that would just draw uh, huge attention. Um, but we're, oh, we're, we're but I'm I'm sure. Do you do you do you anticipate a lot of those players just like, oh this is this is coming I want to go here is it hard for somebody mm, let's just say it's same with the same with loggers right like is it hard for somebody to come from UCLA to come to lacrosse to play like what kind of hoops do they have to jump through and then I mean do they got to get a job how does that work No very little it it you know when we first started players had jobs and that kind of thing but that thing's kind of gone by the wayside or we're you know, players are pretty well dedicated to their craft in the summer now, so very few, if any, of them work um, like the old days. And this thing has evolved from, you know, the, the town team aspect into, um, you know, a ritual of a college baseball player that you you pretty much know that you're going to play in the summer in a summer collegiate baseball league, and that's mainly due to the formation of the Northwoods League 30 years ago. We have spawned that activity in that evolution in baseball across the country where it used to be, you know, you'd go to your town team or your Legion team or whatever you might play, or you might not even play at all during the summer. And it's, it's, you know, changed into uh, what we see now where, you know, darn near every D one kids going off to play somewhere in the country. We're speaking with Dick Raddatz jr. He's the co-founder of the Northwoods baseball league. And I guess, can we say it? You're the co-founder of the Northwoods Softball League, too? Is that how the, Correct. We, we've officially, and we kind of officially launched today. It's going to start next year. Uh, you think about five to eight teams. Uh, we can we can push Dan Kapenke, the owner of the lacrosse loggers, to uh, to get a team since he brought the idea to you, right? Like, he's on the hook now to have a team in lacrosse, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't I don't think he would have brought the idea if he didn't have something in mind. Okay, so the the one other thing and this is a better question for Dan if I if I get him on the phone. Um uh, what when when we want to can we just go to so the Rochester's have the honker or is it Madison Honkers? Rochester Rochester, Rochester honkers, honkers, right? Yeah. Um uh, Madison Mallard. Madison Mallard. Right? And yeah. lacrosse loggers. Can we just think in this way if they all got teams can you convert a, the baseball field easily to a softball field? Is that something that could be done, especially with two teams playing, you know, the schedules with all that work, with the logistics work and the, the physicalities of that work? Yeah, you know, it's a great question. And one I had, you know, when we were investigating this thing, and it, it, it sort of blew my mind a little bit. But um, very truthfully, the women are used to playing on the baseball field with the pitching mound intact from baseball. And in fact, they did this in the Olympic Games in the last Olympics. The women played on the men's field. Um, so they're very used to it. They somewhat wear it as a badge of honor. I think eventually we'd like to evolve where we had the portable mounds in the AstroTurf fields where it could be removed. Um, but it's, it's not absolutely necessary at this point. So that, uh, 
that saved us a little bit off the budget line um, getting out of the gate here. But, yes, they, they can. Uh, we just simply shorten the bases. We'll bring in a portable fence. Yep. Um, Because I'm thinking, uh, Dick, because you could always go to like UWL and play or Winona State or uh, RCTC's probably got a softball team. But but it's important here, Dick, that I go to the loggers field and have a beer while I watch some softball. That's important. No question. No question (laughs) about it. That's why we're putting them in the baseball venues. No question. And what I guess what kind of uh, reception have you had? Have you had any had you had anyone reach out in the softball world to be like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. Yeah, it, the, the, in our due diligence, we talked to a lot of coaches, a lot of players um, to, to get their feedback, and everything's been positive, overwhelmingly positive. And, you know, a lot of the players say this is going to change the game. And I, and I think it will, too. It really will. Yeah, the next step would be having some kind of pro league here, uh, where the, a, a better a better version of a pro league, kind of like the WNBA, I would, I would assume. But um, that's Dick Raddatz Jr. He's the co-founder of the Northwoods Baseball and Softball League. We're going to, in about a year now, we'll probably be announcing rosters for maybe a, a, a lacrosse. I don't know what the, 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 the logo or the mascot would be, but, uh, you know, if it's going to start in mid-June next year. Yeah, it, it, uh, so they'll have all the, I'm sure they'll have all the name the team contests. The logos, the logos will be great. The merchandise and, and something finally for, you know, the other 50% of the population to, you know, have some heroes to look up to and some uh, some women role models. So yeah. it'll, it'll be great. That'll be definitely. Uh, all right, Dick, thanks, uh, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. All right, that's going to wrap it up for a Tuesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Thanks again to Dick Raditz Jr., the co-founder of the Northwoods Baseball and now, as we announced, Softball League coming next year. About this time, I think they'll be – figuring out or have probably figured out their rosters, probably be announcing their rosters about this time as the league would start in mid-June and run through the first week of August. Um, yeah, I'd like to see this uh, in other sports. I'd like to see this in in, in basketball and volleyball. Uh, we've tried it in men's basketball, but, um, you know, we even tried to have the the Bucks G League team come here. But I think it would really work in volleyball. There are some, there are some volleyball leagues that I'm learning, but uh, I had a friend tell me a while back, that there used to be a pro volleyball league in the area, and one of the found the 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 owner of the league was like a Gophers father, like a Gopher like Gophers father. What's that? A Minnesota Gophers volleyball player's dad. He created the league, and then when his daughter didn't start anymore for the team, then he decided it shouldn't be a league anymore, and he took it away. So, kind of like I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. Anyway, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, we'll see what kind of trouble we can get into tomorrow.